Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bret Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayalek, and it means, And he went. Deuteronomy 31, 8-12 Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So Moses wrote this entire body of instruction in a book and gave it to the priests who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and to the elders of Israel. Then Moses gave them this command. At the end of every seventh year, the year of release, during the festival of Sukkot, you must read this book of instruction to all the people of Israel when they assemble before the Lord your God at the place he chooses. Call them all together, men, women, and children, and the foreigners living in your town, so they may hear this book of instruction and learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully obey all the terms of these instructions. Isaiah 48, 12 to 50, 11. Listen to me, O family of Jacob, Israel, my chosen one. I alone am God, the first and the last. 
It was my hand that laid the foundations of the earth, my right hand that spread out the heavens above. When I call out the stars, they all appear in order. Have any of your idols ever told you this? Come, all of you, and listen. The Lord has chosen Cyrus as his ally. He will use him to put an end to the empire of Babylon and to destroy the Babylonian armies. I have said it. I am calling Cyrus. I will send him on this errand, and I will help him succeed. Come closer and listen to this. From the beginning I have told you plainly what would happen. And now the Sovereign Lord and His Spirit have sent me with this message. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is good for you, and leads you along the paths you should follow. Oh, that you had listened to my commands! Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river, and righteousness rolling over you like waves in the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sands along the seashore, too many to count. There would have been no need for your destruction or for cutting off your family name. Yet even now be free from your captivity. Leave Babylon and the Babylonians. Sing out this message. Shout it to the ends of the earth. The Lord has redeemed his servants, the people of Israel. They were not thirsty when he led them through the desert. He divided the rock, and water gushed out for them to drink. But there is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. Listen to me, all you in distant lands. Pay attention, you who are far away. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb he called me by name. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, and you will bring me glory. I replied, But my work seems so useless. I have spent my strength for nothing and to no purpose, yet I leave it all in the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. And now the Lord speaks the one who formed me in my mother's womb to be his servant, who commissioned me to bring Israel back to him. The Lord has honored me, and my God has given me strength. He says, You will do more than than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. The Lord... The Redeemer and Holy One of Israel says to the one who is despised and rejected by the nations, to the one who is the servant of the rulers, Kings will stand at attention when you pass by. Princes will also bow low because of the Lord, the Faithful One, the Holy One of Israel, who has chosen you. This is what the Lord says. At just the right time, I will respond to you. On the day of salvation, I will help you. I will protect you and give you to the people as my covenant with them. 
Through you I will reestablish the land of Israel and assign it to its own people again. I will say to the prisoners, Come out in freedom, and to those in darkness, Come into the light. They will be my sheep, grazing in green pastures and on hills that were previously bare. They will neither hunger nor thirst. The searing sun will not reach them any more, for the Lord in His mercy will lead them. He will lead them beside cool waters, and I will make my mountains into level paths for them. The highways will be raised above the valleys. See, my people will return from far away, from lands to the north and west, and from as far south as Egypt. Sing for joy, O heavens! Rejoice, O earth! Burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted His people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. Yet Jerusalem says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruins. Soon, your descendants will come back, and all who are trying to destroy you will go away. Look around, look around you and see, for all your children will come back to you as surely as I live, says the Lord. They will be like jewels or bridal ornaments for you to display. Even the most desolate parts of your abandoned land will soon be crowded with your people. Your enemies who enslaved you will be far away. The generations born in exile will return and say, We need more room. It's crowded here. Then you will think to yourself, Who has given me all these descendants? For most of my children were killed, and the rest were carried away into exile. I was left here all alone. Where did all these people come from? Who bore these children? Who raised them for me? This is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I will give a signal to the godless nations. They will carry your little sons back to you in their arms, and they will bring your daughters on their shoulders. Kings and queens will serve you and care for all your needs. They will bow to the earth before you and lick the dust from your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who trust in me will never be put to shame. Who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go. But the Lord says the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved, for I will fight those who fight you, and I will save your children. I will feed your enemies with their own flesh. They will be drunk with rivers of their own blood. All the world will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. This is what the Lord says, Was your mother sent away because I divorced her? Did I sell you as slaves to my creditors? 
No, you were sold because of your sins, and your mother too was taken because of your sins. Why was no one there when I came? Why didn't anyone answer when I called? Is it because I have no power to rescue? No, that is not the reason, for I can speak to the sea and make it dry up. I can turn rivers into deserts covered with dying fish. I dress the skies in darkness, covering them with clothes of mourning. The Sovereign Lord has given me His words of wisdom, so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning He wakens me and opens my understanding to His will. The Sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do His will. And I know that I will not be put to shame. He who gives me justice is near. Who will dare to bring charges against me now? Where are my accusers? Let them appear. See, the Sovereign Lord is on my side. Who will declare me guilty? All my enemies will be destroyed, like old clothes that have been eaten by moths. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. But watch out, you who live in your own light, and warm yourselves by your own fires. This is the reward you will receive from me. You will soon fall down in great torment. Ephesians 4, 17-32 With the Lord's authority, I, Paul, say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives, because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against them. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Yeshua. Since you have heard about Yeshua and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, 
so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Yeshua, has forgiven you. Psalm 69, 1-18 Save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I am in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me. I am exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Those who hate me without cause outnumber the hairs on my head. Many enemies try to destroy me with lies, demanding that I give back what I didn't steal. O God, you know how foolish I am. My sins cannot be hidden from you. Don't let those who trust in you be ashamed because of me. O Sovereign, Lord of Heaven's armies, don't let me cause them to be humiliated, O God of Israel, for I endure insults for your sake. Humiliation is written all over my face. Even my own brothers pretend they don't know me. They treat me like a stranger. Passion for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When I weep and fast, they scoff at me. When I dress in burlap to show sorrow, they make fun of me. I am the favorite topic of town gossip, and all the drunks sing about me. But I keep praying to you, Lord, hoping this time you will show me favor. In your unfailing love, O God, answer my prayer with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me and pull me from these deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me or the deep waters swallow me or the pit of death devour me. Answer my prayers, O Lord, for your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me, for your mercy is so plentiful. Don't hide from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in deep trouble. Come and redeem me. Free me from my enemies. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6 The wise are mightier than the strong, and those with knowledge grow stronger and stronger. So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on having many advisors. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy 31, and then we're going to jump into Isaiah 48. But before we get into those two places in the scriptures, I do want to speak to you a little bit about Yom Teruah, or the Feast of Trumpets, also known as Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah this year 
falls between sundown Sunday, September 25th, into Monday, September 26th. And at the sighting of the new moon, the shofar is sounded. What is the Feast of Trumpets all about? The Feast of Trumpets is also known as Rosh Hashanah, the head of the civil Jewish New Year. The rabbis teach that this is when the world was created. The rabbis also teach that the binding of Isaac to the altar took place at Rosh Hashanah, or Feast of Trumpets. The rabbis teach that the two horns of the ram have special significance. As it is written in Genesis 22.13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. The right horn of the ram represents the first trump that was blown in Exodus 19 at the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. The left horn of the ram represents the last trump. This is why in traditional Judaism, on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, or Feast of Trumpets, Genesis 22 is read. The Feast of Trumpets is also associated with the last trump and with the resurrection of the dead, as it is written in 1 Corinthians fifteen, fifty-two and 53. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So I encourage you, with your fellowship, to gather for the Feast of Trumpets to take this day off from work. It is a set-apart day and to um, gather, to honor this day, to remember this day, to sound your shofars. And then I also encourage you to go give a listen to a really interesting, fascinating teaching on this topic on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and you type in the search box, Jubilee 22, question mark, whiteboard animation, You will find this teaching. It is 35 minutes long. Again, if you type in the search box in YouTube, Jubilee 2022 question mark, whiteboard animation, you'll find this 35-minute teaching. And it's really fascinating. It's tied to Rosh Hashanah. It's tied to the end of the Shemitah seven-year period. And it's tied to, he is positing, hypothesizing that perhaps this is kicking off a 50-year jubilee cycle. So now that ties right in with our Torah portion. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, we'll start in verse 9. So Moses wrote this entire body of instruction in a book and gave it to the priests who carried the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and to the elders of Israel. And then Moses gave them this command. At the end of every seventh year, the year of release, in other words, the end of a Shemitah seven-year cycle, during the Feast of Sukkot, or Feast of Tabernacles, you must read this book of instruction to all the people of Israel when they assemble before Yahweh your Elohim at the place he chooses. So, we are coming to the end of a seven-year Shemitah cycle. And 
Feast of Trumpets marks the end of the Shemitah cycle, and we begin a new seven-year Shemitah cycle. So as we come into Sukkot this year, which is in October, and depending upon which calendar you follow, Sukkot on some calendars begins at on September or October 12th and goes through the 19th, October the 12th to the 19th. So at Sukkot, at the end of a Shemitah seven-year cycle, Moses is saying, read the book of instruction to all the people when they assemble before the Lord your God. So that's something to to do this year at Sukkot, is to read the first five books. Um, Or if not all of it, then portions, portions of the first five books, because this is God's instruction to us through Moses. Now I want to get into Isaiah chapter 48, and a fascinating thought came to me as I was reading. So first I want to begin with defining terms. In Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12, it says, Listen to me, O family of Jacob, Israel my chosen one. Who is Yeshua's family? Are they Jews? Are they Christians? Are they Baptists? Are they Catholics? Are they Methodists? Are they Assembly of God? Who is his family? Here we see, listen to me, O family of Jacob, Israel, my chosen one. The family of God is the family of Jacob. And Jacob includes all twelve tribes. Jacob had 12 sons. Those 12 sons became the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. So at Mount Sinai, when the Torah was given, when the Hebrews left Egypt, these were not just the Jews. Judah gives us the Jews. The tribe of Judah gives us the Jews. That's only one of the 12 tribes. So when the Hebrews left Egypt... They came out of slavery and out of bondage. They went through the Red Sea. They came to Mount Sinai. It was all 12 tribes. It wasn't just the Jews who received the Torah at Mount Sinai. And they were a mixed multitude. There were some Egyptians who came with them who said, Hey, we want to follow you and your God. And so they were a mixed multitude. And God did not have one law for those who were of the house of Jacob and a different law for those who were not. There was one law for one people, for all the strangers and the sojourners who were sojourning with them. So the house of Jacob is all twelve tribes, or northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The southern kingdom are the two tribes of the south, Judah and Benjamin, and the northern kingdom are the ten tribes of the north. So now, let's do another Yeshua sighting in our reading from Isaiah 48. Chapter 48, verse 12. Listen to me, O family of Jacob, Israel, my chosen one. I alone am God, the first and the last. It was my hand that laid the foundations of the earth, my right hand that spread out the heavens above. Now, we've talked about this before, 
the first and the last is talking about Aleph and Tav. It's talking about Alpha and Omega. And actually, that is a direct reference to Yeshua. Yeshua is the Aleph and Tav. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Alpha and Omega, as it's mentioned in Revelation. So that is a Yeshua sighting. And on, also, it was my hand that laid the foundations of the earth, my right hand that spread out the heavens above. So anytime you see my right hand, with my right hand, my outstretched arm, this is another Ramez hint pointing us to Yeshua. Because Yeshua, after he ascended, he now sits at the right hand of the Father. Yeshua is the right hand of the Father. And he implements and executes the Father's will perfectly. And so, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, he led them out of Egypt. Who led them out of Egypt? Well, it was the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And that cloud by day and pillar of fire by night was a pre-incarnate form of Yeshua. He is the right hand of the Father. Now we're going to get into something really fascinating. Um, let me give you a little bit of context and then we'll jump in. The context is we need to remember a principle that biblical history is prophecy. And that the historical events that happened to our forefathers in the Bible literally happened, but they also serve as a prophetic blueprint and a template for the end of days final generation. So, history repeats itself. It's a little bit like a play, and the script remains the same throughout history, but the actors may change over time, but the script remains the same, and Yeshua is the director of that script of the play. So, we have an ancient historical figure who literally did exist, and his name was Cyrus the Great. And he became the king of Persia. Okay, so verse 14. Have any of your idols ever told you this? Come, all of you, listen. The Lord has chosen Cyrus as his ally. He will use him to put an end to the empire of Babylon and to destroy the Babylonian armies. I have said it. I am calling Cyrus. I will send him on this errand and will help him succeed. Now, this literally did happen. Let's take a look about in history. And I'm going to the website history.com. And um, this is giving us some history about Cyrus. So Cyrus became the king and he united the tribes of ancient Persia, the Medes and the Persians. He united them and he made them one great, powerful nation. And he became their king and their leader. Cyrus of Persia. In 539 BC, Persian forces invaded the wealthy fertile empire and routed the Babylonian army to seize the strategic city of Opus on the Tigris River. A week later, the Persian army reached the walls of Babylon, the ancient world's largest city, and seized it without a fight. By the way, ancient Babylon where it is in location geographically today is in Iraq. So 
Shortly after Babylon's fall, Cyrus liberated the Babylonian Jews who had been forced into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar after the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem 50 years earlier. Released from their Babylonian exile, many returned to their spiritual home in Jerusalem. The book of Isaiah in the Old Testament extols Cyrus as being anointed by God to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor. So remember, in 586 B.C., uh, Babylon went in and they invaded the southern kingdom and they burnt down the temple, destroyed it, and they took the, most of the Jews into captivity and they went into exile to Babylon and they were there for 70 years. And at the end of the 70-year period, Cyrus comes along and basically conquers Babylon. And then when he conquers Babylon, he gives a decree to um, Ezra and to Nehemiah and basically says, hey, you can go back to your ancient homeland and you can rebuild your city, Jerusalem, and rebuild your temple. And so that literally happened in history. Now, how does, how does biblical history as prophecy play out today? Well, a few years ago, when Trump was our president, he basically re, uh, he recognized that Jerusalem is the forever eternal capital of Israel, and he moved the embassy, the U.S. embassy, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, many people, including Jewish leaders, and Jewish priests, Levitical priests, they compared Trump to Cyrus because he liberated the Jewish people. In other words, he said, I recognize that Jerusalem is the capital. And moving the embassy from Tel Aviv back to Jerusalem was huge. It was a big win for Israel and for the Jewish people. And so many have compared Trump to ancient Cyrus, saying that he, and so in a way, perhaps the Lord gave Trump a role to play in the script. And his role to play out in the script was to play out the role of Cyrus. Now remember, Cyrus is the king of ancient Persia. And ancient Persia is modern day Iran. And King Cyrus overthrew Babylon. And in fact, he was being led by the God of Israel to do this. And so the Babylonian Empire was overthrown. Now here's where history, biblical history is prophecy. There is prophecy, and we read about it yesterday, about the Babel, mystery Babylon harlot woman, this entity of Revelation 17 and 18, and that she is going to become a widow. She sees herself as the queen of the world, and she's got a goblet with filthy abominations that the kings and the merchants of the earth have been drinking from and getting drunk. And she has blood on her hands. And this ancient, or this, this daughter of Babylon nation or entity is going to be destroyed and overthrown. Now, if in fact the daughter of Babylon entity that is described, that we talked about yesterday in Isaiah 45 through 48, 
particularly Isaiah chapter 47, that she's going to become a widow, she's going to be stripped, she's going to be judged. If that daughter of Babylon nation is in fact the United States of America, then biblical history is prophecy. Persia slash Iran will be part of the coalition of nations that will militarily attack the daughter of Babylon nation and bring her to an end. We said yesterday when we read from Isaiah, a catastrophe will strike you suddenly, one for which you are not prepared. That was from Isaiah 48, verse 12. And I don't have time to go there right now, but if you read Jeremiah 50 and 51, those two chapters are all about the demise and the destruction of the end of days daughter of Babylon nation or entity. And I believe she is the United States of America. And those two chapters talk about a military invasion of this end-of-days daughter of Babylon nation. She is the hindermost, which means she is the youngest nation. And the United States is the youngest nation. We have the old world and the new world. The U.S. is part of the new world. And she is utterly destroyed militarily by a coalition of nations from the north. Now, interestingly enough, there is a meeting that's going to be taking place very soon of um, an alliance that is in the midst of being forged between Russia, Iran, and China. Interesting. Russia, Iran, and China. And now I'm looking at an article that's talking about this. Iran inches one step closer to Russia and China as nuclear talks falter. And this is dated from September the 16th of 2022. Iran is set to formalize its relationship with the global East, inching one step closer to joining the Sino-Russian axis as its nuclear talks with global powers falter. The Islamic Republic on Wednesday signed a memorandum of obligations that will grant it full membership in the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, the SCO, a climactic moment after a 15-year wait since it first applied to join the Asian body, which includes Russia and China. So this is a coalition of Iran, Russia, and China And that coalition may well be the coalition that ultimately is the military force that attacks and invades the United States of America. That could very well be the sudden catastrophe that will strike suddenly the mystery Babylon harlot. And just as God used Cyrus of Persia, the king of Persia, to attack ancient Babylon to set the Jews free from their captivity, it could very well be that God will use this coalition, the China-Russia-Iran coalition, 
to bring about judgment to the modern-day Babylon system that is full of wickedness and evil and corruption, that he will take down that Babylon entity and structure and protect his remnant people while doing it. And here is a Ramez hint of how he's going to bring about his redemption and bring about the ingathering of his people who are scattered to all nations of the earth. Remember, the family of Jacob includes all 12 tribes. It's not just talking about the Jews. And it says in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 25, But the Lord says, The captives of warriors will be released, and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you, and I will save your children. I will feed your enemies with their own flesh, and they will be drunk with rivers of their own blood. All the world will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. And in verse 20, the generations born in exile will return and say, we need more room. It's crowded here. And so, God is promising he's going to bring his people back to Israel. But the context of that redemption, the context of that ingathering, of that return is what's going to trigger it is there's going to be a huge war, the Gog-Magog war and also the attack upon Babylon, Jeremiah 50 and 51. And that will trigger the mass migration of God's people back home to Israel, also known as the greater exodus. So it's interesting that we see this coalition forming, Russia, Iran, and China. Iran is turning to this Russia-China alliance and moving in to tighten up that relationship, even as the nuclear accord talks are failing. And that's very recent. That has just happened this very last week in the news. So will God use modern-day Iran to bring down this mystery Babylon harlot entity? It appears that may be the case. Time will tell. Please give a listen to that teaching on YouTube, Jubilee 2022, question mark, whiteboard animation. It's really fascinating, and it will really give you some insight as we come into Feast of Trumpets this year for 2022, and as we come into Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, which is coming up soon, and coming into a new seven-year cycle. This will really be eye-opening and really enrich your understanding of these fall feasts. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai
ich möchte. Ja, ja, Adonai, Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>